Hey, what is up, everybody? Thank you for coming in and joining us here on the Pod Flamajama YouTube channel. My name is Andy Yanis. I mean, I'm going to be joined by a friend of the show, guest of the show. He's, if you've been able to watch Let's Rich Coops for the last few months, you very, you know very well who he is. I mean, we're all part of the family, but we're here to discuss Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yarmark's spring meeting availability that he just had an hour ago. So, right out of the presses he talked about a lot of different stuff um that stood out force expansion is the big topic but he talked about revenue distribution he also talked about marketing when it comes to the new big 12 programs which are we are now officially under a month until houston joins the big 12. this is pot time pajama and we'll get into it on the other side of the intro <laughs> Yeah, high standards, high goals, you know, we know what it takes to get there. I want to be on guard with you, <laughs> if I'm honest. Coaches, coach, players, play. You know, and that's a great place to be in your life. We care less what other people think. So like I mentioned in the co-open, there he is, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Chris, everyone knows who you are, but how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. I like that. That's a nice touch. How you do the intro there, little lead-in tease there. Bravo. Yes, sir. You got to shout out Jackson Gatman. Uh, he, that's where I picked that up. You know, he has it all structured. It's very, very uh, formulaic with the way they do stuff on the Lockdown Network. So that's where I got that out. A big shout out to Jackson. But let's get right into it. We were both a part of the uh, Commissioner Yarmark spring Zoom call that he had, like I said, just about an hour ago. And really, the the thing that everyone was looking forward to was expansion when it comes to all the noise that there has been, especially when it comes to or regarding Colorado, even Arizona. And, and that's, that's just what's hot right now. Everyone wants to know who's the next school that jumps with the uncertainty, especially when it comes to the Pac-12. Commissioner Yarmark didn't shy away from it. He said that it was discussed during the meetings. He said that, first of all, all 12 members that are going to be part of the Big 12 Conference once uh, UT and OU leave were part of those meetings. And they talked about it. They gave really an an idea and understanding of what their philosophy is. And once again, your mark that, I mean, he mentioned this when he paid a visit to Houston way back in September of 2022, the vision for the conference is to stretch coast to coast. And he reiterated that today. But what stood out to you specifically about that expansion? I know he didn't talk too much about it, but he did mention it. It was interesting because Early on in his opening statement, he said he would not discuss expansion today. And then he entered, discussed expansion, not in great detail, but some of the media, some of our colleagues did ask him a few questions about it. So he did share some things that he could with us. But with no school announcing that they're leaving one conference to join the Big 12, he couldn't get into any specifics regarding that. You know, rumors are still swirling about who that could be. Hint, hint, Colorado, but uh, nothing's official just yet. He did not go into details about it, but he did share some things like the biggest thing that I've shared with a few alums and fans is the record distribution of $440 million. So 44 per member school, the current 10 schools in the, the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So that's, so that's a record. Houston. So yeah, not Houston, not the four new schools. So that's a starting point could be going forward of 44 million per school. And of course, Houston will not get full share for until the third year, but even half of that, Andy, 44 million 
that's twenty two million dollars. That's three times, almost three right. times as what they're getting <laughs> in the American. So hey, which is about eight million. Yeah, currently, which is about eight million currently, which absolutely, I think that your mark, you have to correct himself because initially he said four hundred million, and then right. he, later on he said, "Oh no, 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 no." Yeah, because when he said that, I was like, "That's that's not a record." <laughs> but then someone's, yeah, you know, because I kind of remember the number being like four twenty something like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. four forty is more. So hey, something to look forward to in, in two seasons after these first two years uh, for Houston in the Big Twelve, which is official on july 1st so getting closer and closer i'm kind of curious and your, your thoughts on it as well about his ideas of celebrating the four new member schools that the conference and he said the conference has plans for yeah most definitely he said that they have marketing plans in place and that they will continue to celebrate the the addition of the new members come big 12 football media day which is going to be july 12th through 13th up in uh, Arlington and Cowboy Stadium is when they're going to have all the festivities. So um, it's good that they're going to be – when you look at Yarmark or the conference on Yarmark, I think the one word, if you would have to choose one, because there's so many you could choose one, I think proactive would probably be a fair assessment of what kind of the, the Big 12 conference has been under Yarmark because they're exploring a whole bunch of different options and some of which we're going to touch on a little bit, especially when it comes to those international games and in particular Mexico which was the focus of your mark today and that, that more details about really the the philosophy behind why they want to start reaching into the Mexico market is going to become available next week. What commissioner your mark said, uh, what their vision is, what the ideas are, what are the programs possibly that are going to be involved in the initial kind of trek into the international market or to South of the border here in Texas. But one thing where I want to go back to expansion that he mentioned, he was asked, Commissioner Yarmark was asked if when they're talking about expansion, if they're only looking for full members in terms of being able to add teams. And Yarmark responded that all options are on the table, which right there, when you think of some of the names that have been mentioned as well, besides Colorado and Arizona, Gonzaga and UConn, potentially even, when it comes to specifically what they're more known for, and that's their basketball programs. Agreed. And it makes sense for basketball only for the Zags. UConn, UConn has football. Zags don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. We discussed this on one of our shows on Volkswagen Sports, I think it was, about what would UConn do. Because they love the Big East. You know, they feel like it's part of who they are. Part of their core being is being in the Big East. But financially, the Big East does not generate $44 million per year, per year to member schools that you can, right. could possibly earn as a full member in the Big 12. So that's something they have to discuss and decide if that's what's best for them. Football-wise, you know, they'd have to leave the independent realm, join the Big 12, and that, that's more expenses, you know, traveling, Football and the Olympic sports, those those all add up. So would it make sense for them to do that? Fly back and forth. But UConn could be a better, you know, travel partner with uh Cincinnati, West Virginia. So some other issues, it couldn't be as bad. I mean, Creighton's in the big east for basketball, so it's not like they're they're next door to Connecticut. So mm-hmm. different things for them to figure out and we'll see. Basketball only is part of Commissioner Yomark's vision for the next media rights deal because he said it previously and he reiterated today 
that he believes basketball is undervalued in the current media rights landscape and that it's possible that the Big 12 could separate from football for media rights and try to get more money for the conference in a basketball-only media rights deal in the next media rights negotiation in a few years. Most definitely. And that just overall is going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Chris, like you alluded to, we've, we've talked about it in, in some of the other shows that, that we do, whether it be on the lunch break or folks talking sports. Um, but really when it comes to the idea of expansion, I've in previous shows, I've said that I feel like there's too much smoke for there to not be a fire when it comes to that potential expansion. And again, you more kind of doubled down. Like he, he's not shying away from, well, you know, if, if the situation arises, no, he's very, very vocal when it comes to, you know, we're looking at being able to add value to the conference as much as possible. And, and what makes sense for the conference? Oh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because I'm of the mindset of, you know, expansion for big 12 is, it's not a matter of if it will happen. It's a matter of when and why. Agreed. I, I think it's going to happen. Just a question of who's going to, to make the plunge. And I think it's going to be Colorado first. I did not ask. I, I was kind of debating on whether to ask the question today about if he had a timetable for expansion. But I didn't get around to it. I was kind of afraid to press the wrong button, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> when I heard the background noise, one of those people on the call, I was like, oh, so could I have Mike on? Should I have it on? So I just left everything alone. Yeah. But I think Colorado is going to join. Like <laughs> yeah. So I think Colorado will be the first to, to join and will return to the Big 12. I'm not sure if that's going to be this month. Pac-12 members are still waiting for numbers for their media rights negotiations. I'm not sure it's going to be close to $44 million per year, Andy. <laughs> so if that's yeah. the case, and of course, that's the total revenue distribution. So that's not just TV. That's part of the the bowl money, the payouts, all those things as well. But that still factors in, and that has to make a school like Colorado pause and say, man, we haven't even seen numbers. Maybe the numbers that we they've received from George Klievkoff, Pac-12 commissioner, have given them reason to look elsewhere right now. And then now, with the announcement of the $44 million per in revenue distribution, if Colorado says, okay, that's enough. That's, that's, that's the final number we need to see because what we already got from George is not close to that. So yeah, let's go make the plunge and, and go back to the big 12. Most definitely real quickly. I'd like to remind everybody, first of all, thank you guys for joining us. You are watching us live on the pod slime and jam YouTube channel. I'd like to remind everybody that if you are new to the channel or if you are a familiar face, if you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the pod slime and jam YouTube channel. Here, if you are watching us live, or even if you're listening to the audio-only version of this podcast later on, whether it be in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, to uh, regardless of whatever platform it is, to follow us on whatever features those platforms have. If it's Spotify, if it's Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a rating, give us some star, give us some honest feedback. And if you are on YouTube, comment. What do you think about the entire Big 12 expansion process, really the, the ever-changing landscape? when it comes to college football and college sports in general, like we touched on moments ago, there certainly seems to be an emphasis on basketball when it comes to the Big 12, and specifically when it comes to Commissioner Yormark, the value that the sport of basketball has in the college world. I'm going to bring back in Chris Gardner. Chris Gardner, uh, Juan M., who's one of our viewers on YouTube, 
asked the question, do y'all think the UConn would be all sports members? And uh, we kind of touched on it. I, I'll, I'll tackle it first because you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I think it definitely makes sense for UConn to be full members, even though they're not necessarily known as a football school. They're much more specifically when it comes to basketball. And specifically, I mean, look at the dominance, what they've been able to do in that sport, both on men's and women's over the course of the past decade, and specifically the men's basketball team that's just coming off a national championship in 2023. That's really where, from a value standpoint, at least if you're looking at it from a casual college fan perspective, that's probably what sticks out to you about the basketball. But the underrated aspect of it, especially when it comes to their football, uh, program, which again, it's not going to necessarily draw a lot of eyeballs from that standpoint, is their market and that northeastern market when it comes to Connecticut, the University of Connecticut. And we, we are not you, Chris, but I'm a part of a group chat and in on Twitter that was talking about UConn. And shout out to Parker Ainsworth, who's the host of Locked On Cougars podcast. He brought up how relatively close Connecticut is to the city, to New York City, which again, when you mention what Yormark touched on today during his availability about, again, the the ultimate, I guess, idea or philosophy for Yormark or the ultimate goal that he has for the Big 12 to be a coast-to-coast conference, I think adding that Northeastern market, regardless of, you know, whatever the kind of uh, identity or stigma around UConn football would be, would benefit in the long term, especially, you know, they're kind of seeming to doubling down on the basketball value of that market. But overall, I think that's where the benefit of adding a UConn as a full member could potentially be. Oh, I think the conference would welcome UConn as a full member. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I think the, the debate is on the UConn side because I've heard from colleagues up there that um, it's like 50-50. UConn as a diehard basketball fans don't want, don't care about football, UConn football. The football side understands that college athletics is football generated. <laughs> That's where the money comes in, the big money. So that side would love for UConn to join the Big 12 because, again, going back to the revenue distribution that co- the commissioner announced today, will dwarf with anything that UConn could receive in the Big East. So financially, it makes sense for UConn to go to the Big 12 as an all-sports member, and I believe that's what the Big 12 would love, based on what you just said about coast-to-coast conference. UConn football, as independent, they got the right coach in charge. The football program was good this past season. Baseball mm-hmm. team, I think, reached a tournament, the NCAA tournament, this current, you know, this right now. So some of their other sports, their non-revenue-generated sports, are doing well. And I think they could do well with more revenue you know, spread out through the, the athletic program. So it makes sense without question for UConn to, for the Big 12 to want UConn in all sports. The Zags don't have football. So from their perspective, on the left coast, west coast, basketball makes way more sense as a basketball-only member for, for Gonzaga. But I think Gonzaga would prefer all their sports to come to the Big 12. So I think it's like the opposite. I'm not sure if the Big 12 wants the Zags for all sports, whereas... <laughs> The other way, for UConn, the Big 12 does want UConn for all sports. We shall see how it all plays out. Yeah, it's basically essentially kind of a 
it's, it, it has to be the right fit from both sides and, and being able to have a really a long-term commitment for the lack of a better phrase, but kind of segueing a little bit, we, we touched on it in the first segment about the, the marketing that the Big 12 has planned for the new members. And one thing that was kind of touched on, not necessarily about the new members, but just branding overall of the Big 12 Conference, Commissioner Yormark said that they're ready to have kind of like a change, not necessarily when it comes to, he said that they want a new branding aspect of it, of the Big 12, but they're not going to change like the logo or anything. It's just, I, I colors. was curious about Yeah, the colors might change, right. things like that, but not a different logo. But or name, a new, not a different a, name. Yeah, name and logo, but a new brand launch next year. It's all part of Commissioner Yomark's efforts to have an impact on the Big 12 in marketing and making the brand more recognizable, more known. And, you know, he said it months ago, hipper, younger. <laughs> this is all part of that plan. And I wanted to say, it, I forgot to mention earlier, but President Texas Tech President Lawrence Skobonik, board member, part of his opening statement today is they had basically two kind of ways to go regarding the hire of the commissioner, the safe hire or the high risk, high reward hire. And he said, Brett Yomark is the high risk, high reward hire. And the big 12 is reaping the benefits of that hire. Most definitely. It certainly seems like your commissioner Yomark has a lot of, he's got a lot of buy-in from all the different, Big 12 member schools, just even looking at it from a Houston perspective, I can't remember what uh, article it was, Christy, you had sent me about that had that included comments from a men's basketball head coach here in Houston, Calvin Sampson, and, and he said that the Big 12 had hit, had drafted a lottery pick. They got a lottery yeah. pick when it came to Commissioner Yarmark. So there seems to be a lot of positive momentum when it comes to that hire, specifically when it comes to the innovative ideas. Now, something that Commissioner Yormark mentioned during today's availability is that he wants the Big 12 Conference to be known as a conference of innovation and accessibility when it comes to uh, that media standpoint, really when it comes to accessibility for the fans to be able to get a better or deeper access to their favorite programs, universities, and teams. And of course, Something that stems from that was a report earlier that had been earlier, like a few weeks back. It might be a, closer to a month, but where for the football season, kind of taking a playbook out of the XFL where, you know, Micah coaches, Micah players have uh, open locker room access after the games to be able to, to really get more access to players, not to be repetitive, but essentially that's that's the ultimate goal of being able to, again, have fans be able to see their favorite players, their favorite teams much more in depth as compared to other conferences or even when it comes to uh, keeping it local from a Houston perspective and what they have done the last two years in the American Athletic Conference uh, for football, where it's just availability of, of head coach Dana Horson, select players, and uh, defense coordinator Doug Milk leading up the game weeks. And, I mean, it's pretty much similar to that after the games, too, under the Big 12, it seems like they're willing and they're definitely uh, leaning towards being much more open. I'm all for it. It's it's an idea, another an innovation idea that Commissioner Yomark has proposed. Covering pro sports prior to COVID, we got access, locker room access. I've had it for years, you know, with the Rockets, Texans. So covering college didn't have that locker room access so it was mm -hmm. it was a bit different and some fans don't like it 
why do you want to talk to a player, the coaches after games, after they had a loss and, and all the, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's their perspective. And some folks feel that way. Give them time to, to cool off. And, but t- talking, having access to players in the locker room, you develop relationships with those players, with some coaches, even if it's off the record. You talk to them, you ask them about their families. How, how are things going? How are they doing outside of that sport? And they develop a bond with you and that they can trust you. And if they establish a trusting relationship with you, then they can give you more insight, more info about them, about their personal lives or tell you some breaking news. Hey, man, I heard about this, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's all part of how journalism was, went away from it with COVID, streaming, no locker room access. So that has kind of been lost in journalism. So now Brett Yormark is proposing it. We'll see how it goes for football season coming up. Some coaches are old school, don't want to do it. But some coaches realize this is part of it. As long as I don't want a, a Coach Pop or now a Coach Missoula during the end game giving a one-word answer. You know, media, <laughs> you know, Andy, you ask a question to Coach Hogerson or Coach whoever. Coach, what do you think about you know, the first half adjustments? Yeah. Okay, coach. So what are you going to do with second half adjustments? Right. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, Cause that's, that's a yeah. waste. That's a bad look for everybody involved. So I prefer if you're going to ask a question that the coach or the player gives a legit answer and you move it on to, cause that way it is accessible. It is giving the players, the fans, the audience, something that they did not know to help them feel connected to the game and the team. It's definitely and the last thing when it comes to branding, kind of you know, going back to the marketability, we've specifically when it comes to the vision of being more international and when it comes to the soon to be announcement of going over to Mexico. What are your thoughts on that? And from I'll, I'll go first. I like the idea initially when it was kind of reported and rumored, because in a sense, it's. And we know the background of your mark and really the the experience he has with working with the NBA, which is obviously a, a global a conglomerate. I don't know if the Big 12 can ever get to that level, but if you're able to expand your horizons, and specifically when it comes to Mexico in particular, I think one of the schools that would benefit the most would be UH, not only because of the proximity, but just because of the makeup of the city of Houston in general, and being the really the first American conference out there and being able to establish those connections, I think that could potentially benefit in the long run to the conference. Now that it certainly seems like it's going it's going to happen, it, the announcement is going to come sometime next week. I'm curious to I'm excited to see what the reasoning behind it that the Big Twelve gives. That's kind of the tease that Yomar gave today when he was asked about it. But what are your thoughts about? going to play in this case south of the border not overseas but again becoming much more of an international conference it's part of revenue streams the more streams revenue you have as a company as a conference the better it is for you so you know commissioner yomark stated that the rationale for the international move or big 12 in mexico will be part of next week's announcement so i'm kind of like you curious to see how the conference words it, but it's an opportunity for the big 12, the member schools 
to expand their reach, expand their university brand, and potentially attract new students, increase the enrollment to go to Mexico. If you have students, international students, come to UH, come to Texas Tech, KU, Baylor, you know, on and on. So that's another way to increase enrollment. You get more eyeballs on your school, more eyeballs on your conference, which is good for the bottom line because the bottom line is all about revenue. So why not expand internationally? Most definitely. And I'll put a pin in it there as we're going to have some bit of a of another quasi break. But I'd like to first remind everybody that if you are new to the channel, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. If you are, if you are watching on YouTube or if you're listening to audio only, be sure to follow or heart the uh, podcast the pod and jamma podcast and whatever type the platform you're listening to allows i'd like to take this moment to plug in our new merch it we have two new lines as a part of the let's rage coops shop we have the h-town let's rage line and we also have the disrupting the 12 line which you know kind of ties in with the big move that houston's about to make less than a month now from july 1st when houston moves on to the big 12 it is all part of let's rage coops which is the unofficial post game show that involves dayon dunlap chris garner and i uh, immediately following after every football and men's basketball game and really, it is a way to support us. It's a fun way to support us when it comes to being able to, uh, I mean, show everybody what a little extra swagger. And, of course, it does support us when it comes to the line. If you are interested in buying or getting hold of some Let's Rage Coos merch, you can do so by going to bonfire.com slash store slash let's dash rage dot coos dot shop i'll put it in the comment section for any of people that might be interested i'll put it again so it pops up on the screen i'm seeing this bonfire.com slash store slash let's dash rage dash coops dot shop so a um, bit of a self-promote there but i digress going back into the topic of the co- commissioner your marks meetings Chris, I'll toss it over to you. We've kind of touched on the main points that Yormark touched on. Was there anything else to say out to you about today's availability, availability with Commissioner Yormark? His answer, kind of non-answer regarding streaming and Big 12 now on ESPN Plus, it's a part of the conference. Mm-hmm. And let's, and I love this for folks who are watching us on Paul Samajama on YouTube to give their thoughts as well. The Big 12 is in a good position. They are available on ESPN and Fox for linear. But they also have a streaming platform already established in Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. So if streaming is supposedly the wave of the future and more cut cutting and all all those things, the Big 12 is in a good position to have the best of both worlds. So some fans, some kook fans, you know, have already had issues or worried about top games being on um, Big 12 now on ESPN Plus. It's a part of the conference. And now the Cougs are in the big, well, not now, but in a matter of days, we'll be in an autonomy five conference 
And some of the games will be on, even though UH men's basketball, it will be one of the top teams in Big 12. But there is a chance that some of the games will be on a Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. So how many Kook fans will will buy the games to buy ESPN Plus to see those games? This is where the Cougs are about to be. So how many of you are going to look going to spend some extra money? Nine bucks, I think ten bucks for individual ESPN Plus, or get the bundles like 14 and 15 bucks for the bundle of ESPN Plus, Disney, and Hulu. Make that purchase to support UH, but also Big 12, because UH will be a member officially July 1st. Best of both worlds, Andy, linear and streaming. Big 12 is in a great position, I think, to uh, kind of generate revenue on both sides, linear and streaming going forward. And they also have two powerhouses behind their back when you think of ESPN and Fox Sports, which, again, Commissioner Yormark was asked about the conference opener for Houston, which is going to involve uh, TCU who was the national champion finalist, the runner-up, essentially. Uh, we don't talk about how, how that game ended against Georgia, <laughs> but they were they were the national champion runner-up. And they will be coming down to Houston and playing at TDCU Stadium. And that game will be a primetime game, 7 p.m. kickoff on Fox, not on FS1, not on uh, stream platform, on Fox which is obviously big for Houston and and that being their debut in the Big 12 conference play. He was asked about it, if that was kind of like, and he was asked by by a Houston Chronicle reporter, Joseph Duarte, if there was an emphasis to put one of the new Big 12 universities in that kind of marquee spot. Commissioner Yormark said no, that obviously they'd want to showcase everyone their their programs. It's just a way, essentially how it kind of worked out, but kind of localizing it from a Houston perspective specifically. It, it can go both ways, but let's just keep it from a audience standpoint because this is going to be really the first look for a lot of, especially Big 12 followers that are not in Texas. You know, when you think of a West Virginia, when you just think of nationally, they're going to get a real good look at Houston. And the last time that Houston played on network TV and, and I'm, Pretty sure I'm right. It was in 2021 when they played Cincinnati in the American Athletic Conference Championship game. That was on ABC in December right. of 2021. Uh, this Houston team is very going to be very, very different from that team. So Houston's got that position. How big of an opportunity will it be for Dana Holgers and the staff to be able to, to leave an imprint in their Big 12 debut at home? And specifically for the fans, it's going to be a home game. There cannot be only 25,000 to 30,000 people in, in at TDCU State. Right? It needs to be opinion. a sellout. It needs to be a sellout, mm-hmm. period. And you know how I feel about Coach Holgerson overall, but it's about Houston Cougar football, Houston Cougar athletics in the Big 12. Alums have cried for this for years. And I'm not even concerned. Every home game should be a sellout this year. Not right. Not just against... Big 12 opponents. Every home game should be a sellout this year. It's the Cougs' first year in the Big 12. So that means the Cougs are, will be a Big 12 member, a member of a Power 5, Commissioner Resco, Autonomy 5 conference. So every, the majority of the big-time programs in big-time athletics, in big-time conferences, 
sell out their home games, their football home games. So it's put up or shut up time for these alums who for years and years and years stopped coming to games at TDECU because of, well, it's the American or, well, it's Conference USA. You no longer have that as an excuse or a crutch. The Cougs, July 1st, will be in the Big 12. So come football season, the Cougs will be a Big 12 football school. Every game this year should be a sellout. Win or lose, every game this year should be a sellout. Even if you want to come to the games, some folks do it, unfortunately, to see the opponent. But every game this year should be a sellout at TDECU Stadium. 40,000 plus. And that includes UTSA. That includes TCU. And of course, Andy, October 21st, against those Longhorns, you're guaranteed that the Cougs will beat the Longhorns on October 21st. I don't have that uh, guarantee sound effect queued up on the pod time agenda portion of it. But yes, sir, October 21, I'm curious. That's the only conference win of the season. I think Houston will rise up. Dethroned. Who are they? Who are they playing against? Uh, Chris, that uh, that that school in in Central Texas. That uh, what is it? Burnt orange. That, that, that those ugly orange colors. Yeah, that's cool. Uh huh. But I digress. Of course, they were talking about the UT Texas Longhorns. October twenty fourth. October twenty first. That cannot be the only game that gets sold out. But of course, Houston will win that game. I guarantee it. But I digress. Kind of putting a ball on this episode. Really, overall, anything else that stood out to you about your mark, spring meetings, and I do like to get your thoughts on just a couple of things when it comes to the men's basketball team. Well, I forgot to mention it, but Coven Sampson, earlier you referenced the article, is Oklahoman's Barry Trammell had quotes from Coach Sampson and Mike Boynton, Oklahoma State head coach men's basketball. So it's a part of it. So, and post that, I'll, I'll post it up. <clears throat> Not all P5 set out their stadium. That's why I said most. I didn't say all. And don't have to deal with Houston traffic. I know that. I live here. I went to UH. Okay. But I also go back to this. For years. Years. I went to UH in the 90s. Early 90s. There was a problem with attendance there's a problem well we're not in this conference well we're not in that conference oh we're only playing so and so oh this that the other i hear it all the time i heard it all the time i live it i'm 51 years old put up a shut up time the Cougs will be in the big 12 so the fans who said well if we played southwest conference opponents we're going to get those first one's tcu for conference game so what other excuse will you have? It'd be all, power five, check. South of the conference opponents, check. Every home game this year should be a sellout. That's my opinion. We'll see if it's right. I'm an alum. I spend money in the program. As a media person, I still spend money in the program. And my budget is not as big as some of these other alums. Every home game should be a sellout this year in the Big 12, first year for the Cougars. That's my opinion. We'll see. Especially when most football games are on a Saturday. Lorenzo Haynes brings up, if Houston fans want more games on national TV than they have to fill the stadium and watch the games, 
And yeah, Crabtree seventy seven agrees with you, Chris. I agree they should sell out. Because and let me say it like this: it's one of my other issues with it. If we, and I'm putting on my alum hat, if we don't support our athletic program, then why should we get mad when other folks make fun of us? Y'all can't even sell out to your own games. Y'all don't even come to your football games. <laughs> Again, it's on us to support our athletic program, win or lose. Because another issue, if you're investing your money and buying tickets for football and the football team stinks, you know what you can go to? Go to go to Chris Pesman, go to administration. Why am I spending my money if this team is inferior? Why They're losing, not winning games in conference play. But if you don't show up, what incentive is it for the administration to make a change? You sell out the games, win or lose, you can at least go to Chris Pesman. Send him emails. Make those phone calls. Pesman, 40,000 people are coming here to see this, this product. It's not good enough, Chris. Make a change. But if it's 15,000, 18,000, 12,000, well, you know, Chris Pesman can say, well, it doesn't look like the fans care. So if the fans don't care, just keep it status quo. But I also know, and you know this as well, Wanda, everyone who's been to game the TDECU, Concession stands need to improve. It got to have the food needs to be better. You got So there's a lot of it's a two way street. But first things first, support UH athletics. And notice I didn't say the opponent support UH athletics. That's where most of us got our degree. Well, Andy, if you spent all you spent four, five, six years of your time and money getting a degree at UH, then spend your money buying some tickets at UH. Because they're not that expensive, Andy, <laughs> as Willie Gibson, our colleagues, has told us many times on Folks Talking Sports. So it's not like it's a huge investment. But clearly, if you don't have the money, you can't afford it. But if you do, support your alma mater. Most definitely. And, and again, to that point about Houston traffic, and it's not just with football. Think of the men's basketball this season when Houston hosted Alabama. Uh, it didn't seem like there was a problem for fans to get into the arena early. And there was a buzz around that, that game an hour before tip. And yep. that game tipped off at 2, 2 o'clock, 1 p.m. around that time. Can't remember the exact and, time. And, and but Other than West Virginia this coming season, aren't most of the Cougs football games on Saturday? Correct. I think West Virginia is the only Thursday night game. Oh, it's only one on Thursday. So – on Saturday, the, ex- the exception could be Rice. That Rice, Rice game is Friday, Friday, could or Saturday, be on Friday, September 8th or September 9th. But that'll be at Rice regardless. So. Right, right. So if most of the football games, the home games are on Saturday, then fans will have enough time to plan their Saturday accordingly, leave early enough. Traffic Houston, we got traffic at 7 o'clock in the morning, Andy. <laughs> you know, 7 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock at night. If you live here, Long enough, you know that. So plan ahead. Take shuttles. The Cougs probably could do a better job with shuttle services to and from the games. All those things. But if you are an alum, this year especially, the first year for Houston to be in the Big 12, put up or shut up time, get to the stadium, sellouts. And I don't want to see 40% Horn Frog fans in there 50% Longhorn fans in there, 75% Cougs, 
West Virginia fans in there. This is the Houston Cougars football stadium. This is our alma mater. Support the Houston Cougars football team. A great question by Juan M. I would think that it's relatively, and of course that, that's something that could be out of the, the control of Houston, but when it comes to Metro Rail, they have the, I want to say the red line that goes right next to TDSU Stadium or lands on Scott Street. So there's there's various and, different ways to be able to access. And, and, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, in your interview with Chris Pesman, do you any kind of reference working with the city or Metro regarding the light rail and, and doing better for this coming season? Did he kind of mention that he was working on that? Correct. Correct. He talked about it. He talked about even working with Transtar and and uh, coordinating that look, these are going to be our games. This is when we're going to have them. We're going to, when it comes to projects, and specifically on-campus projects that they've been promised by the city, or for those that oversee the projects that would have been completed by a certain time, and sometimes obviously when it comes to construction pro- projects, that's not always the case. They are working with the city, so they are trying to improve that aspect of it. One last thing that I did want to mention in regards to this topic, again, well, it's one of the other complaints that has been brought up around is 2 p.m. kickoffs and how hot it is in Houston in September and October. It's not going to be the case in this year. When you look, especially for home games, again, that Rice game is to be determined. But UTSA, 6 p.m. kickoff. TCU, 7 p.m. kickoff. September 23rd, Sam Houston, Saturday, 6 p.m. kickoff. Those excuses seem to be dwindling down. West Virginia, 6 o'clock. You know, city of Houston, it's hot and humid. It's hot and humid at 10 o'clock in the morning, Andy. (laughs) I mean, it's hot and humid in August, 10 o'clock at night. Folks, we've heard, I'm older than Andy, I think I'm more than twice his age. We've heard the excuses. I heard them for years. It's too hot. The opponent, this, that, and other, all these things. The conference. This is the Houston Cougars' first year in the Big 12. It's time to shine, put the best foot forward for Houston Athletics, for the Big 12, for the nation. Don't want to see a half-filled TD ECU Stadium for football this year. That's an awful first impression for Houston Athletics. Come on. It's time to put the best foot forward and support Houston Cougars football in this first year in the Big 12. Agreed. Agreed. Juan, uh, uh, I'm trying to see if I can find the map. I know the, the Metro Rail map is a little bit. I can't remember which one goes all the way very close to Hobby, but I'm not sure. I think only the red line goes through UH when it comes to the Scott Street, but I think they all have a way to connect. And E.I. Crabtree says he agrees. We alums have no excuse, but for the average Houston sports fan, the athletics department needs to do more. Saturday games and at night is a step in the right direction. Still need more. Uh, let me and of course- add to that. Because you know how I feel about this regarding UH marketing. Today is this episode of Pasta and Majama, Go Cougs, Locked On Cougs, Houston Rombar Review, Houston Chronicle. UH Athletics has to do a better job and needs to continue doing a better job notifying outlets like us, not just linear radio, terrestrial radio, about what's going on with the, the rail lines, what's going on with tickets and how to get tickets, how to get to games. We have other platforms, platforms like this, we have fan bases that they don't have. So reach out to us. Keep us informed 
so we can keep fans informed about how to get to the games, about what's going on in athletics. This can work. We can do this. Help us help you. And Matt Thomas, great job, Matt Thomas. I've known Matt for, I think Matt and I are about the same age. Matt's an alum. I Matt. So, I the Metro. so it's Matt, the purple line yeah, that goes through you. It's the purple line. Matt Thomas is terrestrial radio. And of course, now in 2023, more and more social media, YouTube, internet as well. But don't forget about us. Don't forget about Andy Yanez. Don't forget about me. Don't forget about Ryan. Don't forget about Joseph Duarte, the Chronicle, other platforms. Help us keep the fans involved and notified and informed about what the best ways to get to the games, the best things going on at the stadium, the best things going on at Fertitta Center, all these different things. Houston Cougars Athletics is going to the big time, going to a big time conference, and you got to do things differently than you used to do in the American and Conference USA. So, Juan, I, I hope if this answers your question. So, it's a purple line that goes through UH. And again, this isn't something that UH specifically have control over, but just a different way for uh, to be able to get on campus. And it's not necessarily wanting to get to campus personally and park in there and go through the traffic component. There's a whole bunch of different ways. Um, the green line, the purple line, red line, they all interact at different points where you can get to campus. Obviously, it might take more coordination and timing to be able to get to campus in that way. I know the NTA tournament, when the Final Four was here, they made it a point of emphasis of really promoting the Metro line to get to NRG Stadium, especially when it came to that Friday from moving from downtown where they had some events at Discovery Green to actual to the actual NRG Park. Uh, the last thing, uh, Chris, and this has been thank you to yeah, Crabtree, I believe that's how you say his name. Hopefully I'm not butchering it. Thanked us for today's episode. But Chris, on the last thing, keeping it local, men's basketball team, I don't think it's too surprising, but Jamal Shedd, LJ Cryer officially withdrew their names from the NBA draft. They will be returning to the Houston Cougars men's basketball team, which is officially June 2, which means they're on to the 2023-24 season as they have their inaugural Big 12 season that's going to be coming up. Anything you'd like to add about that? It's, you know, it was official that LJ and Jamal decided to return to Houston. Anything is possible with, with young men. You know, Coach Samson mentioned to us a few weeks ago that LJ and Jamal would be back. So I trusted Coach Samson. Obviously, something could have changed. Could have been one team made Jamal a promise, you know, to be drafted. That didn't happen. So looking forward to that. I believe uh, Jacob McFarlane, one of the Cougs' incoming freshmen, is on his way to Houston because June is the time that everybody arrives on campus to yeah. begin workouts or summer school to catch, to move ahead for the upcoming freshman season in the fall. So Andy, this might be the slowest time of the year for media, but does not mean that basketball is not continuing to prepare for the upcoming season because this year, August the team's going to Australia. So they got to get ready for that as well. Correct. Correct. It'll be August 4th through 15th. And where did Kelvin Thompson say that? He said that on the lunch break, Mr. Yanez, a few weeks ago on the lunch break on YouTube, available also on, I think you shared it on your channel as well. So it was on Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube and on Paw Samajama, as well as on Roku on BS3 Network. So another example of... Number. 
everything. We have simulcast. simulcasting. So we have the technology exists for us to provide shows and content for the fans of Houston Cougars athletics and help us and support us by the merch, spread the word of the videos of the platform that we have and onward and upward is the thing I like to say. I got my own merch for Houston Round Bar Review as well. Go to my YouTube channel at Houston Round Bar Review and support me that way. Getting your T-shirt, your tank top, your tote bag, your mug. We, Andy and I have been planning for Houston being in the Big 12 for quite a while, and it's almost here. But help us keep hitting that rock, as Coach Sam mentioned to us in his appearance on lunch break a few weeks ago, and we'll keep giving you the content as best we can. Yes, sir. Chris, thank you for hopping on on short notice to talk about Commissioner Yormark's media availability that he had two hours ago, less than still under two hours ago. So we move fast. Thank you, as always. And thank you for all of you that joined us live. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you until next time. I guess this is a good time to plug in folks talking sports on Sunday. Chris, correct? Correct. It's uh, Sunday before we'll be done. Start at six and be done before the start of the NBA Finals second game two between Denver and Miami at 7 o'clock tip-off. As always, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time.